0: Lob Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. I am your host, Marla Martinson, matchmaker, transformational life coach, energy healer, and tarot reader. So if you've joined me before, welcome back. If you're brand new, I'm so glad you're here. And today I have a really wonderful topic and a special guest. But before we get into that, I'm just going to read as usual some thoughts from Louise Hayes' Heart thoughts from a treasury of inner wisdom. The work you are doing on yourself is not a goal. It is a process, a lifetime process. It doesn't matter how much time it takes. You've got all the time in the world. I am here at the right time. We are all on an endless journey through eternity, and the time we spend on this earth plane is but a brief instant. We choose to come to this planet to learn lessons and to work on our spiritual growth, and to expand our capacity to love. There is no right time and no wrong time to come and go. We always come in the middle of a movie and we leave in the middle of the movie. We leave when our particular task is finished. We come to learn to love ourselves more and to share that love with all those around us. We come to open our hearts on a much deeper level. Our capacity to love is the only thing we take with us when we leave. If you left today, how much would you take? Yes, so we're going to talk about prosperity, spirituality. Um, there's this wonderful book that I have in my hands right now, and it's called Prosperity Meditations, Everyday Practices to Create an Abundant Life, and it's by Susan Shumsky, and I've had her on my podcast before. One of my favorite um, spiritual teachers and authors Um i have her books third eye meditations awaken your mind spirit and intuition and also earth energy meditations which if any of you have attended any of my circles magical message circles that i do on saturday nights, we've we've worked with some of those meditations from from these books and they're so powerful and everybody just loves them so i am going to bring susan on and talk about her latest book prosperity meditations Hello, Susan. Welcome to the show. Hi,
1: Marla. I'm so excited to be here with you today.
0: Yes, welcome back. So, all right. We've got prosperity meditations. I was so thrilled when I got this book, and I've been looking through it and I'm already excited. You know, you've got the violet flame in here. You've got Archangel Michael. You've got the money stuff. You've got all this amazing, uh, magical stuff in here so um for (laughs) just i'm like yes um let's start with uh for people who aren't familiar with you your background and how you got to be this spiritual teacher and start writing these books well it really starts way
1: back in the flower power era uh, when i was living in the san francisco bay area as a hippie And Mm -hmm. those of us who were flower children back, people think it was all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But in fact, it was more about seeking a genuine spiritual experience. It was about reaching nirvana. And our gurus at that Mm -hmm. time were Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert, who later became Ram Dass, and wrote the book,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Be Here Now. And they both wrote the book, The Psychedelic
0: Experience.
1: And they told us if we turn on, tune in, and drop out, that we can reach nirvana. So that's what we were trying yeah. to do through LSD, which didn't work out very well. But it mm-hmm. uh, didn't work out for me anyway <laughs> very well. But I still wanted to reach nirvana. So I was reading these, uh, all these books like The Buddhist Scriptures and Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda and The Way of Zen and other works by Alan Watts. And in Alan Watts' books, it said that you have to find a meditation guide. Well, Mm. in 1966 in Berkeley, California, you didn't exactly go to the yellow pages and look for meditation guide or anything remotely similar. Uh, So I asked a friend, how do I find this meditation guide? And he said, well, have you ever tried to meditate on your own? And So I did. I tried it. I lay on my bed and sort of prayed for or asked for a meditation. And immediately I was propelled into this ecstatic state. I could feel this cord or rush of energy rushing from the tips of my toes all the way to the top of my head. And this was without any drugs or anything, uh, completely straight. And I figured, well, I guess this is meditation. But little did I know that not only had I had my first meditation experience, but also kundalini awakening all at the same time. And not too long after that, I found myself uh, to the Transcendental Meditation Center where I learned TM and then went to India to study with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi and ended up being in his various ashrams for two
0: decades and on his personal staff for six years. Okay, I have to uh, interject here. Now, I've, I've heard some people say that d- during their first meditation, there's a teacher called Phil um, Good, and I was listen i watched his stuff, and I was listening to his an interview with somebody, and he also said the first time he meditated, he had a kundalini. Uh, awakening. Now that just doesn't seem fair. <laughs> how how <laughs> all these people trying to, you know, open the third eye and get the kundalini up and all this stuff and taking supplements and meditating and going to plant medicine journeys and then now why do you think it was the first uh, crack at it <laughs> that that happened? Any any insights?
1: Well, I believe in past lives. I believe that there is reincarnation, and a lot of things make a lot of sense when you believe in reincarnation, including uh, the idea that perhaps you had spiritual development in a past life,
0: but carried on to this life. Mm, Great answer. That that really answers it. That is interesting, yeah, because you had your trajectory that you needed to follow as a teacher and had to have that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow and so when what um t- when that happens so there's another woman called Tina Spalding who channels uh, Jesus. She's a trans channel, and she had was reading The Course of Miracles and studying that for like 12 years, and then all of a sudden she's laying down like to take a nap on the bed, and it, she had this kundalini awakening. She could feel it going all up up her, through her chakras, and it lasted for hours and hours. And some people say they lasted oh for goodness. days. What was yours like? Yeah, what was yours like? How how was that? Was, was for it for hours just, that you no. felt this, or what switched? or? hmm
1: No, it was just that experience, that one experience during that one meditation where uh, that cord or rush of energy just went up my spine. And it was was like being uh, plugged into an electric socket, but in a most ecstatic way. And it just felt Mm. like I was plugged into this like river of life, you might call it or something like that. It was very powerful and very ecstatic. And not scary at all. It was just a mm-hmm. very lovely experience. And no, it didn't last other than during that one meditation.
0: Mhm. And then what did you notice after? Did you suddenly have some, did some psychic abilities crack open or insights or intuition? What What did you notice from, from that experience that opened up for you?
1: Well, you know, I think that my intuitive abilities did not develop until decades later when I actually studied with Ann and Peter Meyer, who founded Teaching of the Inner Christ and were New Thought uh, ministers. They were into Paramahansa Yogananda's uh, teachings, and they also were into religious science So uh, Mm. I studied with them, and that is when I really developed uh, intuitive abilities. I learned how to do that, and that's what I Mm -hmm. teach in many of my books. I teach about how to listen to the still, small voice within, how to receive divine guidance, how to be led by spirit Mm. in everyday life, and how to allow spirit to guide you on your pathway day by day in a very practical way. So that's a lot of what right. I teach, actually.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just beautiful. I love it. And, and um, so now this one is prosperity meditations. And so we'll just get into some of that. I have some questions for you here. And um, why do you think some people are wealthy and others poor? Is it their karma or what's behind that?
1: Well, the word karma means action. It doesn't mean payback, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean punishment, it doesn't mean reward. It simply means action. And the actions that we do, really, every thought and every word and every deed are these actions that we perform day by day, moment by moment. And uh, we are creating our own reality and our own destiny moment by moment through every word, every thought, every word, every deed. And... um, Buddha tells us, he says, all that we are is the result of what we have thought, which is a stunning statement, Marla. All that Mm -hmm. we are Mm -hmm. is the result of what we have thought. And then he goes on to say, if a person uh, speaks or acts with a pure thought, then happiness follows him or her. If a person speaks or acts with an impure thought, then unhappiness follows him or her. So uh, this is actually the very first verse of the first chapter of the Dhammapada. He says this, and it is a profound truth that, uh, of how manifestation takes place, how we create our own destiny, how we are responsible for everything that happens to us, how we, nothing ever happens to us, we only happen to ourselves. Because we're creating yeah. that. We have free will and we create in each moment we create. So, uh, yes, we are creating our destiny and karma simply means action uh, whenever we speak, whatever we think, whatever we speak and whatever we do has consequences. Uh, it's just like yeah. if you throw a pebble in the center of a pond, the ripples go out from that. Uh, pebble, the the ripples are going out until they reach the edge of the pond, and then they come back to the center where that was thrown into the pond. Simply, uh, that is how we create our destiny. Everything that we think goes out into the universe. It doesn't stop with the edge of our body. It doesn't stop with the edge of our energy field. It goes out to touch everything and everyone in our environment in our on our earth, in our universe, and then it comes back to us just as it went
0: out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Beautiful. Um and then what okay, here's the So one. so why your question you, I didn't really yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't really answer okay. your question. Right.
1: About why some right. people are poor. <laughs> why some people are wealthy. Um having yeah. having heard this background that I gave you gave everybody here. Yeah. Uh, yes, we, we are, have free will and we create whether we are poor, whether we are wealthy, whether we are something in between. And we also create what family we get born into before mm-hmm. we're even born. We get born into either the poor family or the middle class family or the wealthy family, depending on what our soul needs at the time that we reincarnate and so we choose the womb that we go into as well. It's, everything's a matter of choice. And then how we're raised, we're either raised in an environment where we're told that money is the root of all evil and that we're sinners if we're wealthy and that wealthy people cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, right. And, other ideas about money that are incorrect, we may be brainwashed to believe these ideas in one family. Mm-hmm. In another family, we are, if we go into that family, we are raised to believe that money is wonderful, that money can be used for good, that money is a great thing to have. And then in another family, we might be raised to believe that uh, we can only get money by cheating others or by by uh, nefarious means. So all of our ideas about money come from where we are born and raised mainly. And so our subconscious beliefs about money get ingrained into us uh, from this lifetime and from past lifetimes, because we bring in ideas from past lifetimes that carry into this
0: lifetime also. Yeah, and then some people, it's interesting, they can uh, attract it very easily and they're making the money, but then they just can't keep it. They just keep, you know, it slips through their fingers. They spend it like crazy or gamble or or reckless. And then they say, and some people who will, let's say they don't have money, they win the lotto, they win millions of dollars. It's interesting that they say most of those people will, within like a couple of years, be right back. They'll lose all that money. They'll they'll Um, go back to their default well that's uh, because
1: they are uh, kind of slaves to their beliefs to their subconscious beliefs about money and often if they don't have a very strong support system or strong center of belief about money being good rather than money being rather than hating money (laughs) when you hate Mm -hmm. money uh, it goes
0: away
1: money goes where it's welcomed and it stays yeah where it's that's in your book money for. goes
0: where it's welcomed mm-hmm. I, that's a part a chapter in your book i love well that's right in the beginning i think i love that exactly money goes where it's welcomed mm-hmm. yeah chapter one yes. capital there's right. a quote capital goes where it's welcome and stays where it's well treated walter b briston yeah. ceo of citibank said that yeah, correct. And and you say and you say what money? What an extreme emotional charge is associated with that word? What? Why does money trigger people, and make them a bit crazy? We have been brainwashed to believe money is evil, but it is evil to put. But is it evil to put food on your table, clothe yourselves, pay your rent or mortgage, and settle your bills? No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, thinking thinking of it as energy, uh, that that energy exchange that we need to. Uh, to do to live on this earth, we've got to um, exchange money, and I always I think about that often. It's like we're the only species that has to pay to live. You know, we have to do all these things to um, <laughs> be able to live, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, our, and our why do you think
1: what? <laughs> Our yeah, our lucky, lucky pet
0: and have to do anything. They don't have. <laughs> they're just so carefree. It's so nice. Uh, I'm looking at mine and yeah. sitting in her bed right now just uh, under a blanket. It's Like, yeah. <laughs> <Just> hanging out. <laughs> just hanging out. And why why are so many spiritual people, why do they struggle financially? So. And I don't know that they all do now. They're doing it's shifting. What do you think about about that the spiritual thing where people think, you know, you've got to be I think
1: they're just There are just more people that are spiritual. So we have all kinds of spiritual people, those who are wealthy, those who are not so wealthy, those who are abjectly poor. Uh, We just have a lot of spiritual people because the world Mm -hmm. consciousness has shifted so much in the last 50 years that now we're on a higher plane of existence and we're in a new world and uh, more people are spiritual. It's really quite pervasive in society, whereas way back in (laughs) – when I was a hippie way back in the ancient times uh, it was very rare to find a spiritual person you know so mm. it's just it's just changed
0: yeah and and they say that that we're in this mass uh awakening and shifting consciousness now um and I, it, it does yeah. seem like, or maybe it's, yeah, and, and what, is, so, is the earth shifting but, into a different, yeah, talk a little bit about that, this mathless consciousness.
1: Well, okay, I, I, yeah, I want to talk about that. But you had asked, and I didn't really answer adequately, about uh, why are spiritual people uh, Oh, okay. not,
0: not, not so wealthy. the next
1: thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, yeah, they're not so wealthy because they hate money, because they think money is yeah. bad. Uh, because they think that it's pure and pious and holy to be poor, which is, mm. uh, that's a really interesting how that came mm-hmm. about. I think it came out about because of these verses from the Bible and people right. still believe that they still believe that you can't be wealthy and be spiritual, that uh, right. they believe that it's uh, harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to, Uh, go to heaven or enter the kingdom Mm -hmm. of heaven. So when you believe that, unfortunately you push money away when you hate money, you push it away. So doing an affirmation such as I love money and money loves me. It comes to me often Mm -hmm. and stays with me. These kinds of Mm. affirmations can really help when you, uh, when to change your attitude about money, because you know, if, if, Spiritual people had a lot of wealth. Just imagine how much influence they could have and how they could change the world. So, yes. you know, anyone listening to this podcast, if you are more wealthy, you have more power to do good. Let's keep the money in the hands of the people that are spiritually inclined and have a positive attitude and sincere desire to help humanity and to do good rather than putting it in the hands of people who have nefarious intentions
0: so we want yeah, spiritual yeah. people yeah. to be wealthy yeah we can't because we can't be poor enough to help the starving people I mean we can't no matter how you know we can't we've got to be have that money flowing in if we want to help anyone otherwise we're just one exactly. of those poor people they,
1: Exactly. You can, you can do a lot more good when you have power and money equals power. Uh, So, and then, okay. So then your other question is about how the world is shifting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the last uh, 50 years, the world has shifted tremendously into a much more positive direction and a lot more positive and uh, spiritual people are on the earth at this time. So yes, the world has changed a lot. And I know some people would argue about that. If they point to this problem and that problem and all these little problems. And I'll tell you, they are really little problems compared to the 20th century. In the 20th century, mm. we had sticks. This is not just, you know, conjecture. There were 100 million people who died in wars, in bloody, horrific. Wars in the 20th century. A hundred million mm, yeah. people. Yeah. Okay, like nothing is happening on the earth today that compares to the bloodbath of the 20th century. And right. now we have on every corner, we have a yoga studio, we have a health food, uh, organic food store, we have meditation classes going on. There was nothing like that. In the mid 20th century, the words mantra, yoga, guru, karma, ashram. Those words did not exist in the English language.
0: Well maybe mm-hmm. yoga did, but
1: none of the other ones did. Yeah. But nobody was practicing yoga back then except for an Indian. Right. So the the world is a completely different place now. And those of you who are twenty years old you might you don't have the memory of what I have from the mid twentieth mm-hmm. century to compare
0: what yeah. it's like today to back then. Right. But, and now, but now things are really, now we've got such a major shift with everything going, the whole world. We have this whole world shift with the the COVID and what's going on with it and the restrictions and mandates and this and that and uprisings. And, and it's like this massive, um, it's nothing like that has ever happened on the Earth plane, where everyone's experiencing the same thing at the same time. It's reaching every every country, and um, that's something that's very interesting. And and uh, a spiritual teacher said, uh, that I was listening to said, "This is a mass event. It's a mass because of our our collective consciousness that created that." And I guess everything is that happens uh, on the planet. Would you say a, a collective co- coming out of a collective consciousness? Uh, yes, uh, because
1: um, this idea of all that we are is a result of what we have thought. And by the way, Jesus says it in the same, a different way. He says, uh, we are not defiled by what we put into our mouth. We are defiled by what comes out of our mouth. So mm. he's saying, obviously, yeah. the same thing, that we are creating our destiny through our thoughts, our words, specifically words, he's saying what comes out of our mouth, Mm -hmm. uh, and our deeds. So uh, the greatest spiritual teachers have all told us that we're creating our destiny. And collectively, we are creating our collective destiny in the same way. So whatever
0: we collectively believe, that is what takes place on the earth plane. And and you were speaking about, you know, saying I love money and money comes to me. And I'm thinking about these mass uh, consciousness events and how um, the media and social media and all of this uh, is putting out, churning out, um, you know, negativity or gossip or, you know, it's for the clickbait, for the it's all, you know, put this person's canceled, that person's doing this, this is happening, putting down this person or this and that, so it's constant, I, and it feels like this bombardment where some people say, I can't even turn on the TV because it's too negative, or I have to limit my social media or not uh, read comments or this or that, so it is kind of, it has gone so negative to sell, you know, to because positive doesn't really, you know, have people come, coming, so <laughs> it feels like, yeah, it feels like that, the, the negative stuff that's been churned out has a big thing to do with all of this. It's like instead of supporting each other, it's like, well, let's talk, of, you know. Yeah. I feel, I can feel that.
1: Well, you know, it's the old newspaper slogan, if it bleeds, it leaves, right. you know. It's always been like that. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. You no, know, that's, that's just people, uh, people are interested, they're fascinated with death, they're fascinated with violence, they're fascinated with these things. It's just our shadow right. nature. It's another part of our nature. We have yeah. this positive side, and we have the negative side too. That's called relativity, mm-hmm. duality. We live in duality. We are living in a dualistic yeah. universe that comes that is was created through Maya. Maya meaning measure, measure. Maya means measure. Mm. Uh, measuring the absolute. When you measure the absolute, you create boundaries. So boundaries get Mm -hmm. created uh, from, for example, when you measure uh, eternity, you get time. When you try to measure uh, unboundedness, you get space. When you measure uh, um, omniscience, you get knowledge. When you Mm -hmm. try to measure... uh, Pretend on, on, on the presence. Well, basically, those those are the main ones that I just went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, through that measuring process, we create duality. The oneness—it's impossible to split oneness in half, but it happens mm-hmm. through what we call Maya, and that's why they call it illusion. That's why they say it's an illusory yeah, illusion. world. That's why all the yeah. great sages uh, simply because we have. Created these boundaries that measure this unboundedness, <clears throat> so uh, because of our our measuring capacity because of the fact that we like to put things in boxes, uh we create these negative vibrations, and unfortunately, social media really promotes that <laughs> it's really uh not a great thing for kids. I, I have to tell you it's not the healthiest yeah. thing for kids to be on social mm-hmm. media all the time well even part of the time and unfortunately (laughs) a lot of them are on it all the time
0: (laughs) yes oh yeah and we see people even adults just in a group or sitting around or wherever you walk in somewhere and everybody's head down looking into their looking into their phones it's really got us got us addicted looking scrolling and all of that.
1: Yeah, it's a, it is an addiction. I'm glad to say that I don't participate personally in it. It is definitely an addiction. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. So you're not on I any, would encourage not on people not or Facebook to, or okay. I'm on all of them, but I have nothing to do with them. I hired someone to tweet out and to post yeah. uh, inspirational messages on my all of my social media feeds. I have nothing to do to do with it in the sense of I I don't look at at any of it. I just tweet. I just send out positive affirmations every day. Mm -hmm. I send a couple of positive affirmations, and I think
0: people enjoy that. That's beautiful. And speaking of the meditation, so um, uh, affirmations. So in your books, you have all of these amazing affirmations and prayers and meditations. Now, how do? You, where did these come from? Did they? These come as a download to you? Did you create them? How? I'm I'm reading them. They're so amazing. I'm like, where did she get these? How is this? You know, where is it coming from?
1: <laughs> well, um, well, Marla. Uh, a lot of them came from my higher self or from spirit within me, because I am in touch with spirit and I do receive divine messages from that still small voice within. So a lot of those came from that. Some of them came mm-hmm. from affirmations that I've learned throughout the years. Some of them came from, uh, from really traditional, you know, there are even things from the Bible and other scriptures that are in there. And there's also mantras. The mantras come from yeah. India, from traditional mantras, such as mantras uh, to Kubera, and to Lakshmi. Lakshmi is the goddess of wealth in India. And when you pray mm-hmm. to Lakshmi or do af- affirmations, uh, affirmations, mantras are affirmations. When you do these mantras uh, and say, speak these mantras, it helps to attract wealth into your life. So there mm-hmm. are these wonderful mantras. And also, along with the mantras, I tell you how to pronounce them by Giving you the uh, giving instructions on where to find them online, so you can actually listen to the mantras and pronounce them correctly. That's very important.
0: So yeah, uh, and you also suggest to record them, and then you can sit and listen, you know, with your eyes closed. You can record them on a device or something.
1: Uh, that's true with all of the things that are all of the meditations. That are in the book. Mm -hmm. So, for example, there are in the book prosperity meditations. There are guided meditations. There are affirmations. And there are mantras and prayers. So, regarding the guided meditations, uh, I suggest, and I think it's a really good idea, to make a recording of those guided meditations on a device. And then sit comfortably in a chair and uh, tur- turn on the playback and listen to your own voice guiding you into the meditation step-by-step. Step. So mm-hmm. there are lots of guided meditations in the book to help you to attract prosperity and abundance and all levels of your life, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, and um, not just money, but abundance in every mm-hmm. aspect of life, relationships, health, happiness, happiness. Uh,
0: uh, money in the even, Bank even. Yeah, relationships,
1: yeah. everything So mm-hmm. it's, uh, these meditations are Also it's available in audiobook So you don't have to necessarily make your yeah. own uh, Files or your own recordings yourself You right. can order these uh, guided meditations In the audiobook form
0: And then there are affirmations.
1: And the affirmations, you just Mm -hmm. say them audibly. Uh, You just read them from the book audibly and speak them. And that is a powerful way to manifest things in your life is through the power of speech, the power of your word. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jesus talks a lot about that, about the power of speech, the power of your word, you know into this mountain, you know, the sort of things that he would talk about was using words to manifest. And he did it. He, he was an exemplar of that. Uh, you know, Lazarus, arise. Lazarus, rise up. You know, he would just say mm-hmm. the words and then it would happen. So uh, through practice of affirmations, uh You'll get better and better at manifestation when you practice doing affirmations, Um, but not just reading them, not just thinking them, saying them with conviction. Like for example, saying an affirmation such as this, I am in control, I am the only authority in my life, I am divinely protected by the light of my being I close off my aura and body of light to the lower astral levels of mind and I open to the spiritual world. Thank you, God, and so it is. Kind of affirmation. uh, You know, it's very powerful and it it changes your mind immediately. It has instant
0: results. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's one that you you put that in there. I am in control and all of that. Okay, I'm going to share for everybody the money machine affirmation. So this affirmation can motivate you to turn on an automatic money machine. Of course, money does not fall out of the sky. In addition to making decrees, you also need to generate wealth by engaging in dynamic action. So here it goes, everybody. You can hear how one of them uh, is in a book. I am a perpetual money machine i am a powerful money magnet i now see money rushing towards me eternally flowing in an endless stream i prosper greatly and i never want for anything for i am always in the fullness and fulfillment my storehouse is always filled and overflowing continually replenished and replete with plenty my bank account is a vast divine treasury that attracts wealth draws it into its coffers and circulates it for the good of all humanity. My assets are growing day by day as I attract more and more riches and wealth. Thank you, spirit. And so it is. Woo. That just raised my vibration. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) These affirmations are really cool. They are so great. I absolutely love them. So, All right, so what is the, unthinking, the unlimited thinking exercise that you have? Yeah,
1: unlimited thinking exercise. Well, um, the thing about the unthink, unlimited thinking exercise is that you have to actually do it, and you have to be quiet while you're doing it, and that is just not really very compatible with a, a, a podcast or radio show because uh, mm-hmm. we don't want to okay. have dead air on the air, but, um, Oh, right. But I can explain it. <laughs> I guess I could explain, okay, yeah, it, explain, it. explain it. yeah, It's yeah. a, uh, it's a writing meditation exercise and it can help you expand your thinking beyond small boundaries and, um, show you something that you might not know about yourself. And, uh, once you have completed the exercise, its purpose is revealed and uh, how you practice it is that you take out a blank piece of paper and a pen or pencil, and then you write a detailed list of what you would do day by day, moment by moment, day by day, mm-hmm. if you had all of the following unlimited resources at your command. And that would be if you, if you had, if, you, if there was a world in which you had unlimited time, unlimited health, unlimited energy, unlimited optimism, unlimited happiness, unlimited self-confidence, unlimited self-empowerment, unlimited fulfillment, unlimited intelligence, unlimited spiritual awareness, unlimited likability, unlimited love, unlimited compassion, unlimited kindness, unlimited resources, unlimited money, unlimited power, unlimited influence, and unlimited success. And if you had unlimited, well-paid, happy, and devoted helpers, and if it was impossible for you to fail, what would you do? Not, not what oh, wow. things you would buy, mm-hmm. what, right. what you would do with your time.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what I suggest people lo- that they write, what they would do, and make a list of that. And then read my oh. book and find out what that, what that does. <laughs> find yes. out. Find out the answer when you read the book. (laughs) It's on page 46.
0: (laughs) 46. All right. Yeah, this book is so Mm -hmm. great, you guys. It's a small book, but it's just packed with just so much um, goodness. So um, where can people find you? What's your website? My website is drsusan.org,
1: and I have another website, divinetravels.com. So drsusan.org. And mm-hmm. also Divinetravels.com. That's D-I-V-I-N-E-T-R-A-V-E-L-S. That's plural on the travels. Divine Travels. And what's the, what's the Divine Travels? Uh, what's on there? That's, are you, are you... Uh, yeah, that is uh, tours to sacred destinations and also holistic oh. uh, seminars at sea on cruise ships which uh, oh, we'll, I'll be starting again uh, next year, hopefully, or maybe the year after. But I do have some that are scheduled for next year. Whether they're actually going to happen is another question. It depends on a lot of uh factors, uh, mostly about COVID. So um, right, right. in any case, uh, Divine Travel is a, a travel site. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. thank you. And everybody, uh, Dr. Susan's... Um, Uh, link is is linked back up at blog talk radio and iTunes and wherever you're listening to this and I just want to thank you so much for sharing all of this wonderful wisdom with my uh, listeners on the mystical matchmaker podcast and thanks for for coming back on the show
1: well thank you for inviting me i tremendously enjoyed speaking with you
0: all right until next time thanks everybody much love Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you love this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. For more inspiration and to stay connected, find me on Instagram at The Mystical Matchmaker or my website, MarlaMartinson.com. Much, much love and hope you have a mystical, magical day.